Well, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start. Let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo, this gives me the collie while I was just thinking about it. All right, picking up where we left off in the book of Exodus. So this is going to be Exodus chapter 37. And once again, this is just kind of going through the blueprint details of the tabernacle. All right, so this is chapter 37 in Exodus verse 1. Then Bazal made the ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits was its length, and a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold all around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold, so be set in four corners, two rings on one side and two rings on the other side of it. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, and he put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to bear the ark. He also made the mercy seat of pure gold Two and a half cubits was its length, and a cubit and a half its width. He made two cherubim of beaten gold. He made them of one piece at the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherubim at one end and this side, and the other cherubim at the other end on that side. He made the cherubim at the two ends of one piece with the mercy seat. The cherubim spread out their wings above and covered the mercy seat with their wings. They faced one another, and the faces of the cherubim were toward the mercy seat. Wow. This out. I wonder if we yeah. can put your verses, the other ones, and have something. Mine doesn't even say that it was one piece. Here, look. Okay, so I have New King James. What do you got? Uh, I have NLT and King James. Okay, I'm going to read okay. King James first. That's verse 7. And he made two cherubims of gold, Beaten out of one piece. Okay, he does say one piece here. Made okay. out of them. And two ends of uh, the mercy seat. One cherub on one end of the side and another cherub on the other side. On that side. Out of the mercy seat made the cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubim spread out their wings on high and covered with their wings over the mercy seat. With their faces one to another, even to the mercy seat. Seat words were their faces of the cherubims. Now, the NLT is a little less descriptive. Okay. It's got the measurements and on it, so I'll start at number seven. He made the two cerebrums from hammered gold and placed them on two ends of the atonement cover. He molded the cerebrums on each end of the atonement cover, making it all one piece of gold. So it, I guess it does have an honor. It's so, kind of hard to follow. <laughs> I, know it, I know it's kind of difficult. So, so, But the other one, okay, so I guess let, let me, I'm just trying to envision this thing. Uh, so the, the poles were made of acacia wood covered in gold. 
So it's just like a thin layer of gold around it. The box itself was acacia wood inlaid with gold, which is the same thing. That just means that it was covered with a thin layer of gold. But the lid was not. Am I understanding that correctly? The lid was one piece of beaten gold? Yeah, doesn't it say that actually at any previous chapters? I, yeah, this is just the more detailed of what he actually did before, like when God gave the blueprints, I don't know, like five or six chapters ago. I wonder Moses... if we can take a look. I mean, not right now, but I wonder if we can eventually take a look at the two chapters, put down the, the descriptions of both of them and have more knowledge of what this thing looks like. Right, because I think that that episode we talked about, didn't we? Because uh, we were looking at the different versions of what people think the two cherubim look like on the mercy seat or and we couldn't figure out which one it was because yeah. there was, we were missing information right because it, here it, it just is says, it says their wings are connected doesn't it uh yeah well it says Isn't their two wings are, are pointed towards each other so it says the cherubim's cherubim spread out their wings above and covered the mercy seat with their wings that to me, that just sounds like two. Just they're covered. They don't. Touch, they don't touch. Right. And that they're both up. Where there's descriptions, or excuse me, versions, I should say, of uh, models of the ark. Where yeah. Their seat. Where one of the wings is just like. Lowered, Looks like a seat. Yeah. Uh, for each cerebrum, and they're touching. Yeah. Yeah. So we got more descriptions here. Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems interesting to me because okay, so a cubit and a half, that would be. Oh, 24, that'd be about two feet, a cubit and a half, because one cubit is about 18 inches, so a cubit and a half, you're looking at about just over two feet, maybe 30 inches, maybe two and a half feet wide. So it's two and a half feet wide, two and a half feet tall. For a lid that big, because let's just, let's just say that the lid was, you know, two and a half feet wide by like a, a foot and a half thick, or a foot and a half you know, long or deep. That's a lot of gold. Pure gold beat down into one piece to shape this. And I got, I got thinking, imagine, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm envisioning, I'm getting like creative with this whole thing because they, it already says in here, we kind of passed by it a little bit where it talks about how they had to tear it down all the time and build it back up. And you know, that kind of thing. Like we, and we commented on it where it's gotta be mobile, right? It's gotta be mobile. And one of the things we talked about also was the, the tear down and the build up. Let me try to collect my thoughts here. And I was thinking about it while I was reading this earlier before we started. And I'm like, you know, I wonder if they moved the Ark of the Covenant and placed the Ark of the Covenant down and then built the Ark or built the entire tabernacle around it, like when they moved it. Or did they rebuild the tabernacle every time and bring the Ark into it? Do you know what I'm saying? He's pictured it that they put the Ark down and then built the tent. That's what I was kind of envisioning. Sense to me. I mean, it, it sounds like something. I mean, there's no. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it sounds like something that God would have them do, like put my presence there and then build around it. Plus, you know, it doesn't make any sense to set the thing down. There's, there's just no, there's no floor work. It's on the ground. Yeah, in a mobile version of a uh... tabernacle. <laughs> tabernacle. Thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there's like literally you don't put down a floor deck or anything. Yep. 
in the mobile tabernacle, and it seems like well, you're in a desert. It's not like there's a forest. Well, they're in the wilderness, so it couldn't have been like strictly desert all the time, because their their cattle would have needed to eat something. So at yeah. some point, they had to have had fields and grazing areas. The wilderness. Okay, it wasn't in a forest. You're right. I I would agree with that hundred percent, though. It wasn't wasn't like a thick forest they were marching through or anything like. They had to be in open areas. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking of this thing. I'm trying to envision it. This thing had to have been heavy. Like the lid alone had to have weighed well over a hundred or two hundred pounds of solid gold. If it if it if it had to take a couple of people just to lift up the lid. Right, right. Well, I mean, there were two there were two poles of acacia wood going from the back to the front, which means you know what, four people at least could carry that thing easily, or a minimum of two. You know, one in the front, one in the back, or everybody grabbing one arm. But, okay, so uh, I guess let's go to the next section. Uh, so this is going to be verse 10. He made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height, and overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold all the way around it. Also, he made a frame of a handbreadth all around it and made a molding of gold for the frame all around it. Wow. And he cast for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the four corners and they were of, uh, on the four corners of the four legs and the rings were close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And he made the poles of acacia wood to bear the table and overlaid them with pure gold. And he made of pure gold the utensils which were on the table its dishes, its cups, its bowls, and its pitchers for pouring. But do you know what? A, okay, so this is one we have not ran into yet. Do you know what a handbreadth is? Isn't that what you just? <laughs> it, it's it's a know. literal handbreadth. Like it's the, the 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 width between the knuckle on your thumb if you hold your hand flat. Yeah. Uh, from one knuckle to the other, from like your pinky to your 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 knuckle on your thumb, it's like the the thickness of your hand. You know what? I think I remember ways. someone telling me that before. Well, do you remember the story of Solomon and how he made the baths? He made a. Okay, so and he made baths. I don't remember how he did it. Right, I was so, never interested in that. And I was like, this is for archaeologists. It's, it's weird. Okay, uh, <laughs> so. And, and this does not translate over the microphone. We're saying the word baths as in B-A-T-H-S is the literal term. And it was it was basically a small jacuzzi, is, or a large, I'm sorry, a large jacuzzi. It held what are, what's known as uh, 300 baths. And one bath was something like 10 gallons of water or something like that. So this thing held hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water. And... It was a bowl, it was a brass bowl that Solomon had made that was completely waterproof because it was meant to be a bathtub for him. And the thing was so thick, it was the thi the brass itself was the thickness of the one hand breadth, which is the, the thickness of your hand. You're talking about four, for some people, it depends on whose hand you're using, but four to five inches thick worth of brass. And it was so big to heat the thing up, they could start fires under it to heat the bath up. I'm like, oh, dude, that is just <laughs> this is this is what you call a hell spa. <laughs> it was. I mean, that is like all they need is like some people with brass 
brass like straws to blow bubbles inside of the tub to make to make yeah. jacks. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so yeah, this is this is the table of showbread. So it, I'm just I, the reason I bring up the handbreadth is because it said a frame around like the edge of the table of a handbreadth thick of gold. So you're still talking about a lot of gold on these things. Uh, so I'll just continue on in verse uh, 17. He also made the lampstand of pure gold. Of hammered work, he made the lampstand. Its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs, and its flowers were of the same piece. And six branches came out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. Verse 19. There were three bowls made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and and a flower and three bowls made like an almond blossom on the other branch with an ornamental knob and a flower. And so for the six branches coming out of the lampstand and on the lampstand itself were four bowls made like almond flowers, I'm sorry, almond blossoms, and each with its ornamental knob like a flower. Verse 21, there was a knob under the first two branches of the same, and a knob under the second branches of the same, and a knob under the third branches of the same, according to the six branches extending from it. Their knobs and their branches were of one piece. All, uh, all of it was one hammered piece of gold, and he made its seven lamps, its wick trimmers, and its trays of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold, he made it with all its utensils. How tall was this thing? Did it say? It's a candlestick, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't the height in the other chapter? This is the seven the seven branch candlestick. Because that was just describing what it was, how it was kind of made. So it's Exodus twenty five. 31, and you shall make a lampstand of pure gold. Lampstand is a hammer. I think this gives us more picturesque of what it's like other than just almonds and branches. Yeah, this says almost word for word what I just read. I don't know how big it was. It doesn't say. So the other chapter was just the instructions, and this chapter is, uh, yep, we did it word for word. We made it word for word. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like somebody copy and pasted that chapter right into here. And, and just changed a couple of the words to say he did it instead of God commanded. <laughs> but this... Just, plagiarism? Just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what was that? It's plagiarism? No, Pla- plagiarism. God's plagiarizing himself. <laughs> actually, can God actually be accused of plagiarism? If he knows... He wrote everything. Everything? <laughs> Sorry. That was... That was... Uh, he wrote What else is plagiarizing you? Right. No, um... No, I'm just saying, okay, so just just so we can recap the seven-branch candlestick, that was supposed to be kept lit uh, 24-7, and it runs, like, they light it. They have specific times. It was, like, in the morning and in the evening. Uh, so they, they were supposed to relight them if any of them went out, but it was supposed to be perpetually lit, if I understood that correctly. Uh but I do know that part of this was that they were not supposed to light it with a Bic lighter. They were supposed to light right. it. It was supposed to be the, the exact same fire that God had provided the original time it was lit. 
Yeah, and and and, and from my understanding from different Bible studies is that uh, it was never supposed to go out, kind of like the eternal flame in that one uh, Norse. I think it was Norse. But that is a big, huge coincidence. Isn't that funny? Norse god, apparently, who invented fire, and there's one fire that's always been there. Or not always, but has been there since he created that, this pagan god had created the fire watcher or something like that. Right, right. <laughs> and, and that flame can never go out, or otherwise mankind can never heal or something. I can't remember. But anyway. No, it's... Uh, I... But it, it is kind of coincidental, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. This candlestick is not supposed to go out, and yep. it's supposed to be by the flame that God uh, provided. Yep. Also, it, it, I just and this is kind of this is kind of a separate topic, sort of, but it just goes to show you how um, counterfeits can can creep in. Um, now, I, I I would hope nobody would read into this too much. Right. Well, no, I, I it just okay. Have have you ever heard of the Eternal Flame at the specific church? Um, it's it's a Catholic church and it's an Eternal Flame and it only lights once. Have you ever heard of it? I'm not sure. Okay, so it let me let me at the moment, but it, it can't, it, let let me paint the picture, okay? And I've seen videos of this. It's 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 crazy. And this is why I say it's just amazing that God sets this stuff up, and then there's also these counterfeits. So in this specific uh, cathedral, once a year at a very specific time in the year for like five minutes, there are these candles that are obviously kept going in this cathedral, right? Because that's um, that denomination believes in the flames and, you know, all that. there's a lot of stuff with elemental stuff in, in the Catholic Church. But there's this very specific cathedral. I wish I, I, wish I had the, the name of it offhand. And what they do is, have you ever seen those very large candles that the priests carry sometimes? They're very, they're very large, four and a half, five feet tall, and the two handbreadths thick. Okay, they're really big candles. So anyway, there's this little room inside the cathedral that the, the priest goes into, and then he walks out after doing this specific ceremony at this very specific time, at this very specific place in, in, the, in the year and that kind of stuff, in this church, and he comes out with the giant candle, okay? And the fire is warm, but it cannot burn anything. And it's like I've seen videos of it, of children literally putting their hands through the through the fire, people trying to light their shirts on fire with it, and just like everything. And every flame or every candle that they light from that flame has the same properties, but it only lasts for like five minutes. It's and obviously it's 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 portrayed as as a miracle, and they try to you know pass it off as as something. I I don't know what the relevance. I don't know why I don't know what they're trying to sell with it. If you know what I mean, like I don't I don't understand the the spiritual significance the behind things, it. Yeah. But I I know that they're trying to make it. They're trying to sell it as a miracle of God in this church. Uh, do you know what I mean? But I don't understand. I don't know how from scripture you can justify that being something that God would want every year. I I guess I don't understand it. But I'm just saying. It, well, let me ask you that. I don't know. Have you ever heard of that before, Antonio? First of all. 
it does it doesn't sound familiar on top okay. of my head. I could be wrong. You know, I forget a lot of things. So. That, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but just hearing uh, it's not the first time I've heard of candles in a Catholic church. It, it I mean that's just the common thing. You see candles in the church no matter where you in a Catholic church. Right. Or an Orthodox church, no matter where you go. Uh, it, it's just okay. Some of these candles are supposed to represent the dead and you know, that are supposed to be in purgatory or something like that and you pray for them. Uh just, you let it, you you don't dead <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i don't know i've never been, i've honestly never have not had a whole lot of interaction with yeah the there was church. some kind of concept i can't remember uh i do know it's prayers i do know some of the, but... the candle stuff is prayers they say light a candle and say a prayer or something like that yeah but anyway just hearing that alone what would you think about that just hearing the story and and that kind of stuff what, what do you think about that just general They're not getting my money. <laughs> They're not getting my money. So you're not gonna go no. there and light and buy buy a candle so you can light it. No, well, I can just make my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it, this. Is I'm not a witch. <laughs> this flame has very specific properties. I'm just in. I mean, I'm just saying. Like in my mind, I would think. And it may, I'm I'm a skeptic naturally. Okay, so I mean, forgive me, but I'm I'm a natural skeptic. So. uh what I would say is, I, I would say probably Satan is trying to sell something. Um, and nothing again, I'm not you're, saying you're anything against... Think, you're trying to get right, symbolism or something. Right. I'm not trying to say anything against the Catholic Church. I'm just saying there's a lot of Christians out there, including people in the Catholic Church, that are highly deceived into believing things that are not in Scripture. And I, I, would, I could see people flocking to miracles because even in the end days, and you know this just as much as I do, Antonio, in the end days, Christ himself said, listen, there's going to be so many miracles and wondrous, magical things that are going to happen in the end of days, and it's going to deceive everybody. It just reminded me. I know this is like vastly off topic, but it just, this, this, you talked about the eternal flame and I'm like, whoa, yeah, the, 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 that one cathedral has kind of, because it's a flame that they keep going. If I understand I remember it what I was going to say. Nothing in scripture says you need a conduit to pray. There's no telephone to God. He's looking for your heart. You and speak mind. with your heart and you can speak with your mouth if you're able. You know, I understand there's some people out there that are mute. Your heart. Mm-hmm. There's what your you know, mind has to say. And only yep. God can do that. It, it is written, no one goes to the Father but me. It says the Lord, yeah. Jesus Christ. So Absolutely. Yep another person to pray now what the two witnesses thing I, i'm going to be here forever <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay verse 25 he made the incense altar of acacia wood its length was a cubit and its width a cubit it was square and two cubits was its height so 30 roughly 36 inches okay so about three high, three feet high its horns were of one piece with it and he overlaid it with pure gold its top its sides all around and its horns he also made for it a molding of gold all around it he made two rings of gold for it under its molding by its two corners on both sides as holders for the poles 
with which to bear it. Verse 28, and he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid it with gold. So that's just the incense offering. Uh, and then the last, the very, very last thing in this is only like one verse left. Uh, verse 29, he also made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices according to the work of the perfumer. That's well, just apothecary. Apothecary? Yeah. <laughs> that's I know some funny. People would probably think that's a bad word. That I was gonna say that's that's funny. Man. I was not expecting apothecary to come out of that one. That's King James. I I, I believe it. I don't get me wrong. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, apothecary does not mean what you think it. What most people <laughs> think it means. Yeah, it just happens to be synonymous with uh, mad science and witchcraft. Yeah, potions uh, alchemy. and yep. yeah, alchemy. potions. Well, alchemy. Yep. But alchemy is also not a bad thing as long as, as long as you know what it is. Right. It's what well, we were talking about this before we even started, you know, defining our terms. Yeah. Yep. But. All right. So I, I guess this one was pretty short, pretty straightforward, though, because this is just they were making what they said or what God told them to make. So God said this. So we did it. You know, and that's a powerful that that could be that, a message that, that's, all that's in and of itself. Message right there. Yeah. <laughs> God said it. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but the place we need to go is that way. Well, God said to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you what. Once they get out of the wilderness, some of the crazy stuff that God told them to do to take over some of those cities was just, it's one of those things too. It's like, well, God, they're just right there. What are we doing? Nope, nope. I need you to go behind the city, not in front of the city. <laughs> Wait for them to come out <laughs> after you, you know? I need you to walk around them at least once, once right, a day. Right, I need to walk around Or seven times, was so, it seven times on the seventh day? Yep, yep. <laughs> don't, don't do anything, just walk around. Say. Oh, man. I would, I would <laughs> love to go through Joshua with you, man. I mean, that would be awesome. All right, uh, I guess I will go ahead and close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message, Father. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us wisdom and understanding whenever we read your holy word. Uh, and please be with those who are listening and be with us as well to help us to grow closer to you and to get to know you better, Father. We thank you so much for all you've, you've done. And we thank you and love you for your mercy and your grace. We pray this all in your heavenly name. Amen. Well, this has been Justin. And this has been Antonio. Until next time. Ciao, ciao. Now listen, just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to biblicalchili.com. Now until we meet again, remember... Be part of the conversation. Goodbye. Thank you for that. I'm not calling you. <laughs> <laughs> you clapped. So it's like, I, I didn't even think about that. You're like, I'm not calling you. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I haven't had a dog in a while. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>